Hello, everybody. This is the Cincinnati Herald podcast. I'm your host, John Alexander Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald. And if you don't know, the Cincinnati Herald has been around since 1955 and is the largest African-American newspaper in the greater Cincinnati area. And today, my guests are circulation director of Cincinnati Herald, Wade Lacey Sr. How are you doing today, Wade? Hello, John. It's good to be here. Good to have you. We also have our Herald intern, Suhana Sinhan. How are you doing today, Suhana? I'm doing fantastic, John. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. And we also have our other Herald intern, Maeve Hamlet. How are you doing today, Maeve? I'm great. Thank you for having me. And for the first time ever, we have our publisher, Walter L. White, with us. How are you doing today, Walter? I'm doing fine, John. Thanks for inviting me. No problem at all. And our special guest today is Royce Sutton, Senior Vice President of Fifth Third Bank. How are you doing today, Royce? I am doing excellent. Glad to be here. Thank you, John Reese. No problem at all. And we'll talk to Royce later in the second half of the episode. But before we do that, let's head into some of the top news topics of the week. Cincinnati Public Schools Board of Education and the Gabe Tay family reached a settlement agreement to resolve the lawsuit filed after Gabe's death. The agreement was approved by the Board of Education on Monday, June the 7th. Tay, an eight-year-old boy, committed suicide in 2017 following bullying at his school, Carson Elementary School in West Price Hills. His parents filed the lawsuit alleging CPS knew he was the victim of bullying, including the attack by classmates that left him unconscious for more than seven minutes, yet misrepresented to his mother he had merely fainted. The settlement builds on the bullying report system now in place at CPS and includes the following non-economic terms that include improved efforts to identify bullying by tracking repeat offenders, repeat victims and repeat locations where acts of bullying take place, regardless of how the school or district becomes aware of the bullying, improving the ability of school nurses to report suspected incidents of bullying within the district's reporting system, intervening with those engaged in bullying by using restorative justice principles, adopting the state model policy for determining bullying, training and supervising all staff to follow the reforms, and placing an appropriate memorial to Gabriel Tay at Carson School. CPS and Plaintiff's Council will meet twice a year for the next two years to monitor these non-economic terms. Wade, what are your thoughts on this story? Well, this is a little hard for me because uh, everybody wants to do the right thing and CPS stepped forward and uh, they got all this done very quickly to make sure uh, that everyone is happy. They did put a lot of things in, in, into place with bullying and all that and everything, but I just wish there had been more of an investigation overall. Everybody saw the tapes and uh, saw what was going on with that and just assumed that that was the cause. Uh, but we really don't know. I don't think they did enough thorough investigation uh, overall to find out what was going on uh, with this young man, uh, not just in school, but elsewhere. Uh, so for me, it's like I said, it's a tough one. I understand the feelings everyone have and why they did it and all that and everything. But again, we don't know if, if what happened was the catalyst. Uh, I don't think a thorough investigation was done. Suhana, what's your take on this story? Um, John, I would agree with uh, Sir Reed. So the thing is when, uh, when you are in places like high school or just a place which is much private and separate to you, which you have created with your own community for a while. Uh, sometimes even when things go wrong there, you start thinking that they're normal. 
you think that okay it's just a minor inconvenience and we can deal with it and it's only like when it starts getting uh, attention outside your circle outside your community you start to get understand what's the gravity of the situation i fear that the authority school authorities and the people who participated and not participated silently be were the spectators of bullying must have not realized that how big of a deal it is i think it's somewhere of us being desensitized with humans uh, human beings existence but the but it's just sad that there's not enough investigation and not enough people are taken into justice because the question comes the people who committed the bullying were students too so how harshly or how should we deal the situation the the conversation is so deep and the matter is so severe that it needs layers of conversation because at the end of the day we are dealing with children who are very young with their feelings and sometimes they can be very extreme just not making changes in the law or you know making general statements can solve this problem completely so i wish that we should, we can have more conversation around the topic of bullying and you know conversation about it in most human and one to one aspect instead of talking it generally like how probably i am doing right now i i wish like there is a more deeper circle and a more deeper conversation and time space given to this topic so that's how i feel it's just very sad that we lost somebody and it is sad mave your thoughts on this story uh being said first of all my condolences to uh tay's family i wish it wouldn't have gone that far i mean he was so young and i hope this situation was kind of a wake up call for you know schools worldwide how serious bullying can affect somebody um just because you know you never know what's going on in somebody's home life or just behind the scenes and um for a lot of people school too is kind of an escape and it's supposed to be a place where uh you seek happiness and friendship and you know education and it's 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 just a, such a sad story i'm glad his family received you know the settlement but you know their son's gone and they'll never be able to get him back so it's i wish it wouldn't have gone that far it was completely preventative if you know the school would have stepped in earlier and not disregarded the seriousness of it but yeah my condolences to his family now moving on to our next topic The national average for gas is $3.05, which rose one penny over the Memorial Day weekend. In some places around the tri-state, folks are paying as much as $3.15. Prices at some stations are higher than what Cincinnatians saw Memorial Day weekend. AAA said prices could go up again this week because of rising crude oil prices. Currently, the average prices for gas per gallon in Kentucky is $2.90. Ohio is $2.96 and Indiana is $3.07. Plus, due to soaring demand worldwide as the pandemic eases, crude oil briefly passed $70 a barrel on Monday, and some analysts predict it could soon reach $100 a barrel. Wade, your thoughts on the story and how much did you have to pay for gas recently? $3.15, but um I, I know Walter was uh, on the line on, on the podcast also, but uh, I can go back and remember when it was 25 cent and it's fluctuated so much over the years going both up and down. Uh, rarely does it seem to be uh, indicative of what they tell us is what what makes the price go up or down. It's, it's 
a roller coaster and we are not the conductors, we are just the passengers. So uh, it doesn't move me too much, uh, $3.15, uh, it'll go up. Uh, probably we might get up to $4 or so again. And then you look another nine months and back down to $2.50 or something like that. So I've just seen it go up and down so much over the years uh, and it, the, it doesn't bother me anymore. So I guess I'm immune to it. Suhana, what's your uh, take on this story? John, I'm almost getting nostalgic of the time, for the time when the gas was around $2 and we were complaining about it. I, I feel I start, I've started to miss that time um, because I feel this is just going to increase further before we finally reach a point where, you know, $5 a gallon will be just a normal thing. But beyond that, um, you know, environmental, in the discussion around environment is quite necessary and um, we are just suffering for, we are suffering for very poor reasons. If our cars, technology, and everything can be replaced with a more sustainable energy. That would have been much better. And we have been talking about this for years now. And if the shift would have been a little more prompt, probably we would not have been in this position currently. But, you know, so many international factors and domestic factors play when the gas prices increase. Uh, as a matter of fact, the increase in gas prices, I could also say, would be affecting overall fuel industry, because uh, I've been observing a lot of power cuts at my place and a lot of my uh, electricity comes from fossil fuels. People around the, even in uh, places like India, uh, we can see that the gas prices have been all time high. It's like higher. I think I read somewhere that it was higher than some, around, it, it, the prices matched to something in New York or somewhere. It was very expensive. So it's a suffering that has been going around all over the world. And the, the simple fact to this is that we need more than ever a waking call that we start making the shift as soon as possible. Uh, ditch your car, start riding bicycles. If that doesn't work, you have to start paying five, uh, $5 a gallon eventually. So I'm very sorry for my future car and my future wallet. Maeve, what are your thoughts on this story? My main concern is... How do they expect minimum wage workers making eight, nine dollars an hour to spend nearly half their paycheck traveling to and from work? I mean, I understand uh, there may be a gas shortage and scarcity in product, but I just don't understand how the minimum wage can remain at, I think it's 825 in Ohio and, you know, expect these people to pay these prices. So I think if the gas is going to be this high, we need to see some increases in minimum wage because I think it's absolutely ridiculous to, you know, expect someone to making that much and use all of it towards getting to and from work. I mean, I've been in that situation before and it, it's really tough. It really is tough. Hey, John. Yes, Walter. May I chime in real quick? Of course. Uh, I'm very happy to hear our younger peers, colleagues speak on this because this does affect their future in more ways than one. But the deal with uh, things such as oil, it's a commodity. The all that you're paying for right now, going to what Suhana said, was purchased by all wholesalers six months ago. So what they're telling you is the reason for the actual cost is not true. 
okay, and for the actual gasoline prices, it's not true. When a wholesaler buys the oil in, let's say, December, they buy it at a certain rate. You understand that they're watching the market and they're dealing with the market every day and they're looking at what are the trends of the market. So they can charge whatever they really want to charge, okay? when they start upping the prices for gasoline to the stores, you know, gasoline stations or stores. So don't be fooled by what's being said in reference to uh, why the oil prices are going up. Very seldom, like Wade said, we remember when it was 25 cents a gallon, very seldom are they telling the truth about it. Okay, last year was probably the closest, they being the commodities market and the wholesalers. Last year, probably the closest day that you heard the truth, the demand was low. And that's why they couldn't sell it for higher prices. The demand was low because of the pandemic. People weren't driving. And that's one of the main reasons the price pretty much dropped. But as soon as the demand went up, you're paying for all that was purchased by the wholesalers, however much a gallon, six months ago. It takes about three months to get it to market. So Maeve and Suhana, your experience would be exactly like my experience, Wade's experience. John is, a, uh, is the, you, you two are Gen Z. John is a millennium. Royce is a, a, a younger than us. But at the end of the day, you just get so, it fluctuates so much, you just almost tune out. I'm kind of a tight wire. So I chase gas prices. <laughs> Some people just give in and just pay whatever it is. But there are apps out there now that will tell you where the lowest prices are. Sometimes it's not conducive to you going to those sides of town. But when you start getting in the $3 area, it might not be against the grain to go against into some other parts of the city, safe parts, and get the cheaper gasoline because the prices vary from neighborhood to neighborhood. And like I tell people, don't never buy gasoline downtown. There's a reason there are no that many gas stations downtown. Suburbs off the highway normally is probably the best place to get gasoline. I've chased every gallon of gas I've ever used to get the best price. So be aware, be aware that it's a it's a it's a commodity and it's not purchased. It wasn't purchased last week. The all one purchased last week refined this past Sunday and sent to the stores. It don't work that way. They probably bought it at a cheaper price. And now they see the market is moving up. Demand is moving up. So they're upping the prices. That's the, that's the reality of, of a commodity market. And one quick thing I would like to add, the people who think that they are spared from this situation who don't own a car are gravely mistaken. Because if you go out and you're taking your or your other car services to go around the city, like either you um, call for an Uber or Lyft or you take your own car, the, the charges sometimes include the fuel price differences that have like, mm -hmm. you know, you have to pay your drivers for it because the, no rides are cheap anymore. Today, I took the ride to just somewhere 10 minutes from my place and uh, I, the red, I paid around $14, $15, which is much, much higher than what I would usually pay. Uh, so it, it's, as somebody who doesn't own a car, I can feel the that 
minor breeze that comes through the price differences in the Ola Uber or uh, sorry, Lyft. So yeah, nobody's spared from this uh, uh, changes in price, gas prices, not even the ones who don't own a car. So moving on to our final topic. On Tuesday, June the 1st, the Hamilton County Democratic Party made the following endorsements for city council. The candidates included Jeffrey Camerding, Reginald Harris, Mark Jeffries, Scotty Johnson, Jan Michelle Lemon Kearney, Greg Landsman, Philip O'Neill, Mika Owens, and Victoria Parks. All candidates are running in the general election on Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. The last day to register to vote is October 4th, 2021. Wade, your thoughts on this story and the candidates? It's a very diverse group of people uh, for this endorsement from the Democratic Party. Uh, my front runners are uh, Scotty Johnson, Jan Michelle Lemon Kearney, and Greg Lansman. I think those those three uh, have the name recognition. Uh, they have the experience and all, all that to go with it. And I think they are probably, in my opinion, the top top three uh, people for the for the party. Uh, some of the other ones, I, I, I'm gonna throw this out there and just I'm gonna kind of be like a, a fortune teller. That Philip O'Neill, I think we're going to see a lot of him in the next 15 to 20 years. Suhana, your thoughts? John, so I'm not familiar with the system and I'm very young into, into understanding politics. So if somebody else in the group can, you know, use their time to explain me about what is the process and what are the things that we should look out for when this whole voting goes on, that will be quite helpful. Maeve, your thoughts? Um, I don't have any personal uh, endorsements, but I just want to encourage all of our listeners to register to vote, and I wish them all the best. I think Cincinnati needs kind of a breath of fresh air in our political system, so I hope it turns out good. Hey, John. Yes. You didn't throw a little pitch in there for your old uh, high school colleague? Philip O'Neill. I had no idea that he was um, running for city council. So that's amazing. And so those, so that's it for our top news stories of the week. And now I'll bring it over to um, Walter and uh, Roy Sutton so they can talk about um, owning it, Ohio and Kentucky. So go ahead, Walter. Hey, Royce, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing, Walter? That's okay. Hey, Royce, since we got so much history in this uh, helping citizens in our fair cities and states now. Uh, I want to say I'm just tickled pink that we have continued this relationship and we all in the partnership between Fifth Third and the Cincinnati Herald and, and our other partners, I won't go down the whole list uh, in all the cities. We have done something that uh, you and I have always agreed upon was a necessity. And we've gotten to the point with this process where we actually see people get homes through this process of the owning it, home ownership, virtual webinar. Uh, I want to say one other thing, Royce, which I know tickled you pink, because it's tickled me pink, listening to the conversation we've had, we've had over the past three years about owning it. Let's look who we have on this line. We have May, who's a college student. We have Suhana, that's a college student. When we were in college, we won't say how long ago that was, this type of information was not available, which in most cases would have had us probably in homes a little quick. I was fortunate. 
My parents bought a home in 1962. So most of my life, I've known nothing but living in a house, but that's not the case with a lot of our citizens. And we are now in a position now that not only are we getting them into the workshop, we're seeing them get home. So what I want you to get homes. So what I want you to do is just step through how the day went and one of the process we are actually doing now to actually uh, reach even further and broader and share this great information about owning homes and how the Fifth Third and the Cincinnati Herald Partnership has created this dynamic symposium where people can come in and learn all the ins and outs and the pluses of owning a home. Walter, I think you've done just an absolutely job of describing this great partnership that Fifth Third Bank has with the Cincinnati Herald, the Dayton Defender, the Dayton Weekly, and, and other partners that we have out there who understand that when we think about Black wealth building, when we think about leaving a legacy, when we think about the ways that our community can lift itself economically, home ownership is that path that has paved the way for families for generations. And we want to introduce this, reintroduce this uh, as a viable option, as something to pursue right now uh, through this workshop that we're going to do on this Saturday, June 11th at 12 p.m. We're going to spend some time virtually talking about home ownership, what that means. When we look at home ownership right now, Walter, uh, in 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 uh, across the nation, as a percentage, Black families represent about forty percent of the. Uh, they have about forty percent are, are homeowners. Whereas when we look at other communities, non African American communities, uh, whites own home homes at a seventy three point five percent rate. So why is that? Uh, what can be done, and how can those who are interested in becoming homeowners uh, make that first step. We know it, this that's a big step. People get nervous. They think, oh, not right now. I'll wait till next year. I'll wait till I get uh, a little bit older. Uh, no, uh, you, you, th this, is, this is the time. And we talk about how we can help anyone that is interested in this next move, how they can make that step toward building their own financial legacy, Walter. I mean, the, the idea of partnering with the Cincinnati Herald uh, partnering with the African American Chamber, Fifth Third Bank recognizes that you know we all share this idea of lifting our community uh, to a level where people may only dream of. They can only think of certain ideas. Now we're going to make it practical uh, in this in this workshop that we're going to do this Saturday, Walter. Correct. So when you when we talk about home ownership, Walter, you, and you talk about the, the 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 way in which you, you it was you think about what you, as you were growing. Up, you lived in a home, and, and this idea of having your own front yard, backyard, decorating your room the way you want, uh, being able to play your music as loud as you want uh, because it's your house. <laughs> well, maybe your parents did tell you to turn down the music <laughs> just, just a little bit. Uh, the yes. idea of having families over, I mean, there, there are memories that are created in your own space. Uh, there is equity. Equity meaning you're building value every time you make a a mortgage payment, you actually paying yourself uh, because it becomes your property uh, when you make that. Or if you're renting, uh, it just makes the, the the landlord that much more rich uh, every time you make a, a rental payment out there. And 
the, the your, your landlord can come to you in six months or the end of the lease and say, hey, you know what? Um, uh, we're going to raise the rent. Uh, we've, we've had some changes. We, we need to raise the rent. When you've got a mortgage, your mortgage stays the same throughout if you got a traditional mortgage. Now, if you got what's called a, um, a variable rate mortgage, you know, your, your payment could, could potentially change. But if you got a fixed rate mortgage, your mortgage in year one will be the same in year 15, 16, or, or however long you, you may decide to, to get your mortgage. Uh, so, so you got that, that stability there. So when you think about uh, the increase in pay that you may get in your job next year or five years, your mortgage level is still gonna stay the same but your income has gone up. So you've got more disposable income. Whereas if you're renting, as you increase in pay, the, the landlord raises the rent, you get more pay, they raise the rent. You, you never seem to make any headway uh, with, with, that, with that program. So we're gonna take some time, Walter, and, and really walk through the process, everything from helping people to understand how comfortable they can be with, uh, with credit, uh, managing their money, searching for a home, understanding some of the terminology in mortgage. So, so they can, so anyone listening here can feel like this is the right next step for them, that they can move process and they've got some good folks who are rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. Uh, I, I want folks here that's listening to this. I want them to become homeowners because I know that there's value in that. Uh, my parents uh, were fortunate enough that we, we were able to, to buy a home when I was, when I was younger. And when I got to, of age, uh, that's what I wanted to do as well. So that's what I end up doing. And I haven't regretted this, this, the decision at all. So let us sit down with, with uh, our, our listeners who are out there, whether they're going to be ready next month, or maybe it's a year from now, we can still have that discussion. They can still sit in our discussion. So Walter, I'm hopeful that what you can do here is give the folks who are listening to this uh, the information that they'll need where they can register, because they got to register for this, right? Uh, I want you to give yes, them the information where they can register or this workshop so they can take that next steps becoming the next homeowners and then maybe they can join on this podcast and say hey you know listen to walter listen to royce from fifth third bank and they convinced me the homeownership was the right to i'm enjoying my home uh the process wasn't nearly as difficult as i as i thought and i am absolutely loving this idea of having my family over for the holidays oh i will absolutely do it royce but one thing i want to piggyback on what you just said because the interest generates at such an intense level, Royce will tell you while we're doing these actual webinars, these home ownership virtual webinars, that we end up spending extra time uh, after the webinar to answer questions. So we also have added on the following Monday after this webinar, which would be the 14th at six o'clock, we're gonna do something called a deep dive. And the deep dive is to answer extra questions for an hour. And those are normally folks who are really ready to go. You'd be surprised at the number of people who come into that webinar. And by the time they're ready to get out, they have a thousand questions and they really, really want to start the step to buy a home. So that's what the deep dive is going to be at six o'clock on uh, Monday the 14th. And we will get you that information after the, after the actual webinar on Saturday. The webinar is on June the 12th. You can go to eventbrite.com and type in owning it, Ohio, Kentucky. Am I correct about that, John? Yes, you are correct. Just type in owning it, Ohio, Kentucky. It should pop right up and you can register for uh, tickets. Hey, Walter, don't, don't, don't forget to mention that we are going to have a giveaway. 
Oh uh, yeah, someone who's participating uh, in the in the workshop, and uh, they'll get a chance, as you said, to ask questions uh, about any any area in this homeownership process where they're, they're unsure. Uh, it's going to be free and open uh, to allow people to ask any question that they that they want to uh, to really get this process going. And I love that you mentioned about this deep dive, uh, and that is another chance. You sat there, you heard, you, you heard the presentation on Saturday, and then a question popped in your mind two hours after the workshop was over. You're thinking, oh man, I wish I would have asked. Well, you're going to have that opportunity uh, on the following Monday uh, in the deep dive session to ask that question if you join us. And that's at six o'clock on Monday. So there's information out there about that as well. So just for everybody's edification out there in the listening world, June the 12th from noon to 1.30, you can register at eventbrite.com. Just type in owning it, Ohio slash Kentucky, Ohio, Kentucky, and you can register right there on the spot. And we understand that people are super busy. So you can register up until 11 o'clock, Saturday, June the 12th. Now, I don't say wait. I say if for some reason it just hits you Saturday morning, go online and register. You, my number is available on some of the material. Call me, we'll get you help. Our office manager will help get you online. If there's somebody out there who may not have a, uh, uh, a laptop or a computer, but they're interested in this process, call us at the Cincinnati Herald and I'll give my number because it's already out there, 513-680-7076. That's 513-680-7076. And our office manager will help you get registered so you can go on and get the information. Once you go through the ownership registration process, we will call you on Thursday or Friday and quite possibly Saturday and make sure you have your link that we will email to you and get you ready to go for in a lot of cases, a life-changing experience. I just say, just getting the information is a life-changing experience because it debunks so many myths about when you should buy a home and if you can buy a home. That's the beautiful part of it. You're being educated to learn how to purchase your family's future. You know, Walter, and I think you um, you're hitting on something here, and I, and I and I want people to understand that when we when we're when we're doing this workshop this Saturday, we're not this is this is not a this there's this is not a big commercial. Uh, we're we're not going to try to promote or push any products or anything. This is strictly information, strictly opportunities to to act upon and hear from experts who are going to who are really concerned about everyone listening here. And their journey toward home ownership, their journey toward building wealth, and and that's that that is the that that is the entire discussion uh, that we will have. We've got uh, an opportunity to sit down, just carve out uh, an hour and a half of your Saturday uh, to make something special happen for you and your family as you think about it. And if you, you need if you need some time afterwards, you know we'll, we'll spend time doing that if that's what we need to do. Uh, but we're going to spend time making sure. That when you walk through this process, you step away, you, you'll feel like you've uh, you, you're 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 ready for uh, that, that next step. When you hear uh, the, these voices that are are sharing with you that this good information, uh, I think you'll be thoroughly convinced 
that this is the right thing for you. So with that said, Walter, you know, I do appreciate this partnership uh, that we do have. You, uh, the, the Cincinnati Herald is doing wonderful things uh, in the community and keeping us informed, talking about topics that sometimes could be uncomfortable, uh, sometimes could be uh, some, some, some controversial topics, but it's the types of things that we need to hear. And home ownership is one of the topics that we need to hear more about. Thank you, Royce. It's just a great feeling. We've got such a long work history here now. It just seems like it gets better and better because it's not about us, like you said. It's about people. And one of the things that most important to most people are their children. And homes give their children the security of a place to go and know it's going to be there. And home gives the parents, because I'm a parent just like you, the great feeling to know that they have a place for their family. The parents, not just the father, not just the mother, but the parents or whomever is head of that household, because that security is a necessity. It's one of the building blocks of establishing firm citizens and firm families. Absolutely, absolutely it is. Uh, and when we see uh, firm individuals, firm families, it builds communities. And uh, the idea of strengthening our communities uh, one house at a time, uh, one, one transaction at a time that is impacting generations to come, that, that man, that's, that's what it's all about. It really is, it's what, it, what it's all about. And it can be done, it's doable. Uh, not everybody knows everything, but we'll, we'll help walk people through this uh, in such a way where they're like, you know what, I, I, maybe this is, uh, this is a good time. Uh, to go ahead and do this. I heard Walter talking, I heard Royce talking uh, on, uh, on a podcast, and I, I think this is the right thing. You know, I, I, one of the interesting things I find out of this too, Walter, when we do this, uh, we have clients that come through afterwards, and they will talk about how they may be 30, 50, 60 years old, and in their comments, are, you know, I never thought I could do this. Uh, every people in my family were even telling me I can't I can't do this, and uh, it happened. Uh, I sat down with uh, folks who were really concerned about me. They even helped me with down payment assistance, which we'll talk about on Saturday. Uh, they they helped me to work through this, to work through credit issues uh, that I didn't even think were workable. I thought my credit was so bad that I never would be able to do it. And they helped me clean up credit and, and get in a position where I'm. And, and I'm just you know, so so those are the kind of stories that just inspire me. Uh, to continue doing these workshops, Walter, it can inspire me to, to really think around, you know, how the, the greater Cincinnati area, and granted, this workshop is for all of Ohio and all of Kentucky, so we have people from all over, uh, but I'm talking to Cincinnati folks here, greater Cincinnati folks, you know, so when you, when you think about what that, uh, what this looks like for you, if you've got barriers standing in your way, if you are even your own barrier, well, let's 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 talk about how we can move those barriers uh, out of the way to, to get you uh, to to the next next spot. And who knows what's going to happen from from there? But we're going to keep doing these workshops. Um, but uh, it could be a while before we do the next one. So take advantage of this one <laughs> uh, as <laughs> yes, as, we, right. uh, as, we're, as we're working on it. Okay. All righty. Thank you, Royce. It was great to see you on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Hey, looking forward. We're going to make some new homeowners out there, man. Yes, indeed. Thank you, Royce, for coming on. Thank you, Walter, Wade, Suhana, Maeve. Thank you for all your commentary today. Um, if you enjoy these stories today, uh, make sure you check them out on our website at www.thesinceiherald.com. You can also check out our print edition, which is sold at your local Kroger, UDF, 
Walgreens, Joseph Beth Booksellers, and at select service stations. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast because we're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Audible, and TuneIn Radio. Just search for the Cincinnati Herald podcast. Follow us at the Cincinnati Herald on Facebook. Follow us at Cincy Herald on Twitter and Instagram. And follow us on YouTube. Just search for the Herald TV. And once again, Owning It, Ohio and Kentucky, the home ownership webinar is this Saturday, June the 12th from 12 p.m. to 1.30. The link for this event will be in the podcast description. I'm John Alexander Reese, digital editor of the Cincinnati Herald, and have a good day.